So yet yeah. again, you, you failed to mention Bobby Wagner in your in your analysis of our defense. Geno Smith in academic probation, even though this is a triple D time. Are good good enough to do what they want to do over the next two years. And I don't think this ownership and I don't think Pick P. Carroll, the oldest coach in the league, is thinking about what's gonna happen after two years from now really bad emanation of a, of a raven um by, by by the way just an insuperior bird you know <laughs> seahawk way better than a raven okay doc welcome back and welcome to, back to all our listeners to a another dc seahawk fan talk podcast episode this is our 10th episode believe it or not uh after wow. a week nine blowout loss to the baltimore ravens Doc, um, we were at the game with all our friends. We had a good time in Baltimore. We're going to talk about it a little yes. bit later. But uh, you want to start off with telling us how you're feeling at the high level? Yep, yep. Welcome back, Mayor. And uh, yeah, definitely had a fun time in Baltimore outside of the game. But, you know, I, I guess some of what I've been hearing today is conversations about, you know, is this is was yesterday's game a one-off you know and and was was yesterday's game a reflection of what the seattle team really is or or not you know and and i think it it, i think it is (laughs) you know and i think uh obviously i'll talk more about the defense in in a bit but i think some of the concerns that we've had in, you know, over the past few weeks when we're beating up on really the 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 bad teams that we're supposed to beat up on and not really having a good sense, actually, of, of are we really good or not? You know, it's it's hard to tell. It's hard to gauge from from uh, playing bad teams, basically. So uh, I think we found out a lot more about some of the some of the holes, you know, that we have on this team. And and I, I think you're going to talk about this later. So what, what does this mean for, uh, you know, where, where this, like, what, what, what's the timeline, you know, for this team? And, and mm-hmm. when are we going to be, when are we going to be thinking that we can make a deep run in the playoffs? Um, it, it doesn't seem like we're there yet. So, um, so we'll see, you know, but again, when we start counting up uh, games or remaining games, it's it, uh, it's important, you know, just I think it's good to do that, right? Because uh, this isn't it's 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 one game, you know, and let's not over exaggerate, you know, the importance of it. You were saying it saying before the game that this is a AFC, you know, non non-conference game. And I think a lot of folks had yesterday's game already, you know, as a loss in in their predictions before the season started. So, so yeah, I mean, it was not enjoyable to watch that game, but <laughs> I think, I think, uh, in, in reflecting on the team, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like burning down the house or anything. I, you know, we, we know, we know this team has weaknesses and, um, and you know, that got, that got really exposed yesterday. So that's my, uh, yeah. Macro level <laughs> thoughts about the game and the team. Yeah, I agree with all that. And that sounds like you're being uh, not anywhere near as um, despair or angry as you were yesterday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, during and after the game, I, I asked you after the game what, what how you were feeling, and you said you were in the numbing phase uh, of, <laughs> of grief. Um, so yeah, where, where are you at today at your uh, stage of grief? Uh, I think you maybe experienced all of them yesterday. Right, uh, right. Acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess I agree on the on the macro level. You know, the game it started out as being five and a half point underdogs, and then that you know ticked up. And, you know, I kind of had a bad feeling as well. It ticked up through the week to six and then six and a half. And then, you know, there wasn't an organized tailgate um, by any sort of Seahawks booster club or Seahawk travelers Um, and Seahawk travel Seahawks fans travel really well. And, you know, we, of course, represent that a little bit and had a good mixed crew from all over the place there and met people from all over over the country there. But there was no official organized thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it was really nice of Brady Henderson um, came out and met us all out at the bar. That was really nice. And um, you asked him if he if he thought we had a chance of winning and he went really quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that, you know, it it didn't feel like anyone thought we were going to win that game, including the Seahawks organizations and and the kind of the people around the Seahawks that are way closer to the organization than us. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you can call it a schedule loss. You can call it a long road game against an NFC team. We're still tied with san francisco after the game for the you know and we were about about to play them twice coming up here so everything's still in front of us um you know and 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 if you look at the the standings right now of the nfc it's philly that's obvious the lions okay they're one game better than us at this point on the record tied with san francisco and then us Mm. and then also tied with us is, is dallas and i guess we have a tiebreaker with them right now somehow um you know, and then New Orleans or Minnesota or Washington. Like, so, you know, yes. every week, every week we do this, we talk about this and we're kind of right in the same ballpark. We keep saying this, you know, yeah. Are we better than Dallas? Are we better than the lions? These are kind of the, the teams yeah. that we're in company with. And so as far as, you know, that goes, that's not super concerning to me. What's super concerning to me is what the play on the actual field was. I mean, I think we just gave up at some point they put in their backup yeah. quarterback at the end with like yeah. 10 minutes left in the game. And and then he marched down the field and sort of touched him. Yeah. Um, and, and then they started kneeling at the end. That's that's like I, I was talking with the commander about it this morning. It's like you don't see that in the NFL. That was a humiliating loss. Humiliating. Yeah. And just real quick to look at the schedule the rest of the way here. You were just talking about it. Yeah. We play the commanders at home next week. We are six and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. So that there's the that's the and difference we, of the range of quality of teams in this league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Baltimore's at the top and commanders are at the bottom and we're somewhere yeah. in the middle. Um, yeah. And then, and then we play the Rams. That's, that's the revenge game that we absolutely need to win. We have to have that win. And yeah. then there's a four game. We've been talking about it all year. There's a four, four yes. game brutal streak, San Francisco, 49ers, San Francisco again, and then the Eagles. Yeah. You, you've got to, we got to find a way to win one of those games, if not two. Um, and then Tennessee, Pittsburgh and Cardinals to finish out the year. So it gets easier towards the end. You got three games there that are all, all should be, you know, winnable games, take care of business at the end of the season. And you're going to find yourself right there in that 10, 11 win. Mm -hmm. There's five games on there that right now you would say you should win those five games. So you just need to steal one of those games to be at the 11 game win streak that, you know, a record that I said we were going to have at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So we got to, we just got to beat San Francisco once or the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We're right there. 
so that's my high level. And maybe, maybe we can get back to that at the end. Um, and, and when, when we talk about the mayor's strategic vision, when we get to that point of the agenda, if we yeah. could just call it the mayor's strategic vision for the Seahawks mm-hmm. and not just the offense, because I kind of want to talk about the ownership mm-hmm. today. I kind of want to talk about Pete Carroll a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just not just the offense, though we'll spend plenty of time yeah. talking about this offense and and um and Gino's future with his team. So um we want to jump in first though, as always, with with the defense. So can we uh jump in there with a uh, doc diagnosing the defense? Absolutely, absolutely. I wish uh <laughs> I wish I was uh, gonna be able to award a master's degree, but uh not not from that kind of performance yesterday. But uh, an academic probation does seem warranted, and I think I'm going to have to put Geno Smith in academic probation, even though this is a triple D time, uh, for for making the defense play so damn much and having them exhausted and literally their wills being broken basically uh, yesterday and it, it looking like they just this is like you said just kind of gave up. Um, so. So that was rough. I mean, obviously, you know, all joking aside, the the it's there's still a professional, um, a group of professionals, and and that's their job. You know, sometimes they're going to be on the field for for long stretches, and and I'm you know I know we we were also talking about the the whole East Coast traveling thing, and I, I you know it's that's not nothing. You know, I, I know they've been sort of downplaying that, and and I think our stats are not terrible um, around that, I, I, you know, compared to what it used to be. But you know, combine that with a an offense is just you know three and out, three and out, three and out, and and of course you know it's it's that's, that's a recipe for disaster there. So, um, but you know something specific about the defense that I was worried about um, earlier weeks ago. I had mentioned it was was tackling and and I was worried about this in preseason when I you know I'm watching uh some of these players that you know I, I don't I just I don't know what it is it's just uh um uh but it's you know it could be a serious problem and it you know and I think I was like I said uh, in previous weeks waiting to play a, a legit um athletic dynamic offense uh, to see what was going to happen with this defense. And, um, and yeah, I feel like it, it got exposed a little bit um, on, on, you know, for on many different levels, but, but, you know, tackling is such a, obviously it's just so important and, you know, and uh, making those, giving up those, those long third downs, just, you know, just getting gashed um, and then missing tackles and getting gashed for more yardage. So so hopefully that's uh you know they're gonna figure that out and um and fix that because yeah we're 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 obviously um if that's a if that's if that's gonna you know if that's an issue like it seems like it's been then you know obviously that that makes our future prospects a little bleak uh, if your if your defense has tackling issues you know I, I compared it to like offenses who get into into um, drop passes you know it's sort of a, like a virus you know that, that kind of spreads um on the on the defensive side and so we you know really need need to nip that on the butt so so yeah that's uh you know my uh diagnosis of the defense and uh, man I was just really disappointed I was so excited with uh, getting Leonard Williams I thought that was gonna just really be the last kind of 
um, you know, a puzzle piece, and then we're gonna, you know, really be able to to go up and and stop a, a run heavy offense. I mean, that's that's why we got him. And I think he had one tackle yesterday. It's it's uh, really disappointing. So um, hopefully, hopefully they get it together. Yeah, I'm glad you started with that because they, you know, Baltimore ran for 298 yards on us. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell had nine carries for 138 yards. All of their touchdowns were on the ground right up the yeah. middle for the first two yeah. that kind of broke the game open, Yeah, you know? Um, and I agree that, you know, the defense was on the field a lot and not getting a rest. And sooner or later, you knew the Ravens were going to bust through. Yes. Yep. You know, I was saying in the first quarter and we were kind of sitting a little bit of far away mm-hmm. from each other. So we couldn't really talk. Yeah. I was saying in the beginning, we're getting beat in the line on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. 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 They yeah. looked bigger than us. They look stronger yeah. than us. Both yeah. of those first two touchdowns were right up the middle. So yeah, I am pretty concerned about that because, yeah. you know, we thought that our run defense was better this year and it's past coverage that we're worried about, uh, especially with our linebackers and our, and our safeties yeah. being who they are. Yeah. And and the, and then we went and spent you know draft capital to get mm-hmm. a trade to get to stop the run game. You know, yeah. uh, Williams yeah. is supposed to be primarily yeah. good at stopping the run, and mm-hmm. they they ran all over us. Um, yeah. You know, and you would think in a game like that with 37, <sighs> 37 points put up on you, you would think their quarterback would have an incredible game. Um, Lamar Jackson really didn't. He didn't throw yeah. for that. He threw for you know. 180 yards um you know no touchdowns no interceptions yeah um so pretty disappointing and then the other point i would just make on defense real quick is is um you know brooks played really well um i thought he was all over the field we 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 thought um adams or i think you said during the game that you thought adams was was you saw him kind of flashing across the field several times and stuff and looked looked good um but you know Brooks had 11 tackles um, mm-hmm. and of course the one big tackle for loss there. And then um, Bobby Wagner had nine. So yet yeah. again, you, you failed to mention Bobby Wagner in your, in your analysis <laughs> of our defense. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought today would be the day that you would give him a thesis, you know, on, on the day that our defense looked really slow and bad, it would be the day that you would. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I, I yeah. Anyways. Um Pretty rough, pretty rough outing, and they were on the field a lot. And uh, maybe we should, you know, jump in and talk about the offense and and Gino. But you know, it's hard to an- analyze a game that was just a complete yes give up, yeah. uh, and we just lost at every phase of the ball. Yeah. I don't think you know we yeah. didn't run the we didn't run the ball well. <laughs> you know, we didn't. Oh we didn't, no, we didn't throw the ball well. We didn't oh. block well. We didn't oh. play call well. I think yeah. everyone has to own that loss, and yeah, you know, so yep. Um, but we did have a good time. And yet again, I, I really appreciate you, you know, kind of organizing a group and having a couple of people flying from Seattle and driving, driving me up there. Um, of course, Baltimore's only being only an hour away from, from mm-hmm. DC. So driving me up there Saturday, we had a really good time Saturday. So maybe for our DC outpost sure. section today, we can uh, talk about the city of Baltimore and and maybe even the Baltimore team, but also, you know, our experience there and our love for that city as a city. Um mm-hmm. Do you want to, you want to jump in to start with? Yeah, I, it was, it was a great time. And um, I know we're going to give some thank yous later, but, but definitely a shout out to our good uh, friend, Bill Finn, who actually lives in Baltimore. 
and uh, hosted the the tailgate for us. So uh, so that was great. Forest, uh, you know, hooked us up with the with the beverages, which was also really nice. So thanks thanks to him. Um, and yeah, you know, we have such a great time uh, in Charm City, and I think uh, that's a that's a appropriate <laughs> nickname for for Baltimore because it always just feels really friendly when we're up there, and especially. We're walking around the city in the in the uh, jerseys of the opposing team. Now, you know, I think I don't I, I don't think they would have been as uh, friendly if you know we we had we had won the game. <laughs> but but so yeah, it's easy to to be friendly when you just kick the crap out of the other the other team. And uh, so so yeah, I think you know uh, as you said, it's it's Baltimore's only an hour away. It it does it does feel different than than DC. And you know we've we've had some friends that have moved back, you know, or moved moved to Baltimore from DC. And in particular, you know, our, our good friend Mo uh, moved up there. And mm-hmm. it's always been interesting to me the way people talk about Baltimore in comparison to DC. You know, and and it seems like um, our friends you know, with, I think, with marginalized identities, you know, uh, BIPOC friends, friends who are kind of more chill, you know, and you know, more low-key, they really like the, they really like the feel of Baltimore um, as a place that is not as, as they would describe it, you know, not as um, uh, intense as, as DC, not as conservative as DC, Um you know, not not as uh, serious as DC. I think people describe folks in Baltimore as just more um, like real, you know, and down to earth. I, mm-hmm. Those are a lot, a lot of the adjectives, you know, that, that that people talk about. And you know, in particular, I think I was mentioning to you in one of the bars that we were at that it was it was <laughs> it was a sports bar, but all of a sudden the karaoke machine <laughs> came out, and uh, folks were not even shy of us standing in front of a, a <laughs> the big screen with a with a college football game on that we were watching and then you know belting out some some classic uh, karaoke songs and and they were really talented too that, the, was, that was awesome that was the folks who were performing but it was a projector but, screen too so it was like yeah broadcasting the game onto the oh lungs. yeah like we're i was looking at to, the scores around their like, like waist on level. their stomach <laughs> yes <laughs> on their like crotches basically so so that was that was hilarious and and a lot of fun and and it was um you know getting back to i, I think you know, DC used to be called Chocolate City, right? Or I mean, it is, but um, you know, we because of the extreme gentrification in DC, you know, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. all the time. And 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 so we that was something that you know we noticed, you know, in Baltimore, it's like, wow, this is a kind of a predominantly black space, you know, the sports bar, and you know, that's that's not as a, a common thing in DC. So um, so yeah, that's cool, and and um like you said we yeah this is uh the second time this year we've been up there and just had an amazing time at a blast watching sports going out dancing mm-hmm. <laughs> checking out the different neighborhoods so uh so yeah it was a blast what about you mayor what, what are your thoughts on baltimore yeah i love baltimore and the affordability i have a lot of uh friends that live there that are you know maybe in, you know into you know different types of arts and, and hobby type stuff that I think for them, it feels way more, you know, they can actually live in a, in a real city yeah. at a decent price point and, yeah. you know, just, you know, live on by working at a bar or something. Um, yeah. And then as far as it being a, you know, a black city or, or a chocolate city, um, which, which I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I think DC is always chocolate city, but mm-hmm. you're right. that DC is kind of feels, yeah, let's admit it. It's segregated and, mm-hmm. 
you know, a lot of the bars you go into, even though it's right there and there's black neighborhoods and black mm-hmm. bars right next door, it's almost yeah. like every other place is white and every other place is black. Um, so it kind of feels like a segregated city that way. And Baltimore yeah. really doesn't. I mean, there's definitely a lot of poor neighborhoods, um, but the the places we 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 go every time we're up there feel very mixed and um i really like that and the people you know you mentioned it but you know so many people were nice to us um and even the people you know after we lost and the people that were like talking shit or whatever were still coming up to us joking and we were like yes. dancing in front of a stage <laughs> <laughs> and that like it was us and and six baltimore people you know yeah. and um, yeah. and we were, in, we were in a bar and we, you know, we're mingling and meeting people and people are coming up saying hi. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, my, 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 buddy, Chris was tailgating out there. And so I got to, you know, go and see him after the game. And he was hanging out with a bunch of Baltimore guys that were all like, you know, really cool. Baltimore is an interesting city as far as a city, because it almost feels more like a Rust Belt city, even though it's kind of mm-hmm. sandwiched between Philadelphia and DC and, um, you know, has a lot of New Jersey and New York influence on it as well. It's definitely a Rust Belt kind of city. It's a port city, a lot of a lot of rail systems and highway systems coming through there. But I'm disappointed in the city for the affordability it has, for the closeness it has, for having the Amtrak. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the best Amtrak system in the country runs right through there every single mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it hasn't been very innovative as far as infrastructure goes. It hasn't mm-hmm. transitioned to um, train walkability. The mm-hmm. park system there is pretty poor. The tree coverage, um, the urban canopy mm-hmm. is pretty poor. It feels like they're kind of stuck in the mud. And I don't I don't know what that's about. There's so many cool neighborhoods. It seems like they should even from the ground up, you can imagine, you know, neighborhoods building cool things and and having, you know, bike trails or active, you know, stuff. It feels like there's a bar scene and, and not much else. It feels kind of sleepy. Um, mm-hmm. The downtown, I know they've tried to bring back the inner Harbor a little bit, but yeah. it's still, yeah. we were, we were staying in the downtown and we yeah. in the inner Harbor and we weren't hanging out there. We were walking, uh-huh. you know, the closest place to go is Fed Hill. We were over there yeah. a lot you know, uh-huh. or, or all the way on the other side of the city and getting across that city around the bay is a yeah. hassle. You know, Isaac, who lives there, was saying yeah. that he doesn't really make it around to that side of the city very uh-huh. often. He almost just kind of stays in his neighborhood. Yeah. So so that's a shame. I, I do think that's, that's you know, I mean, th- this is my field of, of works, you mm-hmm. know, city management and urban planning stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I wish Baltimore, I wish Baltimore was doing, was doing better than it is. Um, industry there is kind of hard. And, and then the stadium too, you know, we, we were going to talk about that for a minute. The, the, maybe it's a really old stadium. I need to look it up or something, but that, their, their state stadium, it's not as bad as experiences um, as, FedEx. as DC commanders. Yeah. FedEx. But definitely there's the bathrooms are terrible. There's nowhere to put your beer when you pee. Terrible. What a bad design. You were raging mad about that. But I knew we all knew you were mad about the Seahawks, but you were you were going on about that. There's um, you know, there's no bars on the upper levels where you can like sit and look at a railing and see the game. You're kind of like we we were watching a TV as we're ordering our hot dogs that were like that you know was like blacked out in part of it because it was like an old tv it looked like it was yeah. like in my grandmother's house <laughs> um you know and then and then we were of course sitting in the sun baking and in, in, yeah. in november i think i got sunburnt 
Um, the tailgate, the tailgating was fun, kind of under the bypass there. It was a pretty good yeah. crowd. Uh, we were down towards the end and, you know, just an empty parking lot that would felt like kind of a wasteland and the trash mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. lack of, you know, any sort of greenery that's worth looking at. Even though we were right there next to the river, you know, no one mm-hmm. had bothered to care for that place or, or mm-hmm. clean up that riverfront at all and definitely felt dirty. So that, that's kind of my, my, in, my review of it, you know, incredible football team. Love the yeah. people and the affordability of it. Um, and, and the location of that city is awesome, but mm-hmm. there's just some things I wish they were a little bit better yeah. at. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it because it's a, I mean, do the, those things go together? Like it's a under-resourced uh, city and they're, they just don't have the ability to do some of those things that you're talking about or, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a ground up guy. I, I believe in, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and Maryland's hard, local governments are hard and the uh-huh. county versus city stuff in Baltimore is confusing, but, uh-huh. um, you know, in Maryland, the counties are the ones that have all the power and then the municipalities, mm-hmm. which I work for a municipality in Maryland, right. That they don't really have much power. Um, I see. and yeah, Baltimore's a little bit different. Um, and, and, you know, the people of, of Maryland as a whole are, you know, it's a pretty rural redneck type type state um even isaac was saying that Hmm. and you know those are my people um i Mm -hmm. i I understand the people i think but Mm -hmm. the um yeah yeah baltimore has been riddled with and really impacted by crime more than any other city in this country i think and and dirty cops on top on the other side so um you know that's that's their history the wire and even their even their you know, they're almost proud of it and they, they celebrate mm-hmm. it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like on the TV yeah. screen during the game, they were showing, you know, references to the wire um, along with a really bad emanation of a, of a Raven. Um, by, by, by the way, just an insuperior bird, you know, <laughs> Seahawk way better than a Raven. The Raven, I mean, all birds are, you know, birds aren't real. All birds are bots, but the Ravens looked like bots. Like they, what was that? Animation? That was terrible. All right, Mayor. Well, since we're talking about football again, how about uh, how about you give us your strategic vision for the offense? And I think you're gonna you're gonna zoom out a little bit too and talk about more of uh, your vision for your thoughts about the the, the team, the franchise in general. But uh, but uh, do you have a key to the city awardee for this game? I'm assuming you don't, but you surprise me. Yeah, I do want to talk about more than just the offense today, but I have three yeah. points I want to make. One is uh, one is Gino. I think let's dive into it. Let's talk about it. You were very mad during the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we should get that out. I really wanted Pooja to come on this this episode to to give her hot take. To it's mm-hmm. time to start Drew Locke. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then two, I'm going to talk about Pete and Pete Carroll and some of his yeah. some interesting things about him. Yeah. Um, and then I want to talk about the this the organization as a whole and the ownership specifically. So to start with, you do you want to do you want to say how how you're feeling about Gino? I, I feel like you have some thoughts. You know, yesterday during the game when we weren't even sitting next to each other, probably wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's why we have a podcast. You you have some feelings. Go ahead, get them out, Doc. I mean, you know, of course, like when we're watching a, a terrible game like that, it's 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 frustrating. Um, but but seriously, I mean, you know, people are talking about, as you said, even within our friend group, uh, the idea of benching Gino. And I, I you know, I don't agree with that. I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, you're, you're looking at the schedule. 
definitely not before these two games, right? The the Commanders and the and the Rams, you know. But two weeks from now, if 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 he could, you know plays really bad in those games, and so much so that like we you know drop one uh, or you know both, uh, you know, absolute worst case nightmare scenario, then then we might need to start talking about that. But um, it doesn't make sense uh, right now to to bench him. I think you know we 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 write him out. Write it out for the next couple of games. Uh, you know, I know there are some folks that were frustrated that that they didn't put in Drew Locke actually yesterday uh, when the game was completely out of hand. Uh, like, why not? You know, it's like, <laughs> like let's 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 you know see him play a little bit. And um, so I think if if Gino continues to struggle, yeah, so you know that that voice is going to get stronger and stronger about about Locke and. Um, and, and folks are going to want to see, you know, what, 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 if Locke can do something differently, you know, or different than, than Gino, but, um, but my, you know, my feeling is like, we, yeah, is we, we, we gotta, we gotta stick with them and we know he can play well. We've seen it, you know, with our eyes. So it's just, you know, people are worried, obviously that he hasn't played well, right. Since the middle of last season. And, and I think folks are worried that this is, this is, this is all he's going to be this bad version of him, but, um, Hey, you know, if, if, if he could had, if he had, he had two different halves of the season last season. So mm-hmm. would love to <laughs> for him to have two different halves of the season too, where, you know, he plays a lot better moving forward. So, uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my thoughts about Gino and the, and the, and the calls for like benching him and stuff. I think that's, that's, a, that's, that's excessive right now. I, I don't think you, you know, bring in Drew Locke in that game to give him a couple reps either because that is a clear undermining your quarterback. And and I don't think B. Carroll would ever do that, whatever, you know, signal yeah. of a game, a rash decision yeah. like that. Um, if you're going to make a decision like that, it's got to be a well thought out and well timed yeah. decision. Um, and I did see Drew Locke prac- warming up on the field several times mm-hmm. during that game. And maybe that's just yeah. because I was in the stadium and I saw it. Right. But- that right. was pretty concerning. And I, I'm kind of wondering, like, is something going on with Gino? Hmm. You know, like, it, is there a shoulder or elbow injury or something that we're mm-hmm. just not aware of? What's going on? Because hmm. we have seen two different Genos and, you know, he did enough last year to make us believe like, and we even, you know, told each other, like, we know, we believe we can go all the way with Gino. We believe that. And especially if we don't, you know, overpay him last summer, which we didn't, we gave him a reasonable deal. And, but no, I mean, I have to admit, he hasn't, he hasn't been living up to like, you know, mm. top 10, let alone top five quarterback, quarterback yeah. last year. Um, he has 1800 yards this year uh, passing. Uh, he has nine touchdowns and seven interceptions. Uh-huh. And his, um, his QBR for the year is 56.3, which ranks 16th in the league. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's some honest, that's some honest, honest truth. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm being... You know, I, everyone knows I love Gino and I wanted to move on from Russ and I was over Russ, but mm. um, I, I still always want to be fair and how, how I'm evaluating these people and 16th. Okay. Um, after a terrible, terrible game where of course he had a fumble and, and a pick um, three passes got batted up yesterday. Um, there was a couple passes. He's, he misses a couple of his passes and I'm not, you know, good enough at analyzing these plays to tell if that's his inaccuracy in those moments or whether it's actually a timing problem. A couple of them, I thought I was telling the commander this 
that it seems like when he throws it into the dirt a couple times, it's like the players coming back towards him. And I don't know if it's like the depth perception's off and it's actually like just a missed target or whether it's like he threw too early or too late. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, that's all kind of in the weeds. But the the reality is, is that's where it's at. And, you know, I sure hope he can yeah. turn it around. And um, and I and I do think the play calling and the um, the like getting the running game right and getting some health back on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. will will help him a lot because we were saying it if you can if you can run the ball for five yards on first down that opens up the whole playbook that takes the pressure off mm-hmm. i mean he was being blitzed the entire game because yeah. it's it's second and 10 yards every single yeah. time it felt like um I, that was yeah. it was just so so disappointing um I know, I know I said yesterday I wanted to dive into the special teams, but I, I think we need to save that and do some more, some more research mm-hmm. on it. Um, you know, about how Dixon's doing and all of that and field uh-huh. position, but you know, that's only a conversation you can have once your defense is doing a really, really good job and you're able to move the ball down the field. You know, that first quarter we were able to move the, you know, we, we, we punted a couple times and then we, a couple times there we drove and got to like, the 45 yard line or something and then punted from there and, you know, pinning them back and playing the field position game, which of course doesn't work if they can just march down the field on you. But you know, that that's the kind of conversation that good teams get to have. And we're just not, we're not there. We're a mid team. I don't, I don't think we're a bad team. You know, we're sitting at five and three right now. So let's be calm about that. But yeah, very concerning about Gino. I think he's, you know, in the middle of the league as far as his play this year. Um, There's definitely worse quarterbacks, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Drew Locke is the worst quarterback, and um, and uh, you know Gino's old. He's uh, he is younger than me, even though I I look younger. He is younger than I am. Mm-hmm. I, I looked that up. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, very concerning. And maybe last year was just a flash in the pan. He went on a you know ten game streak yeah. there that was just fooled us all about him. And really, he's just a a backup or a mediocre media right. quarterback, but. He definitely has the potential to be in the top 10. I still believe that. So I really hope we see it down the stretch here. We're going to need something to change um, on that front. So um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Pete Carroll. You know, he's been for uh, our coach for, for 13 years. And I think he's only missed the playoff three times in those 13 years. Uh, Of course, you know, we made the playoff last year with nine wins, um, his very first year that he was coaching, we we made the playoff with a with seven wins. So he's definitely got some luck in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really built a franchise that is modeled after him and his his personality. And that's that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um this team is a defensive team that is going to tried to just do enough move the ball just enough to to win the game he wants to play possession football we can see him trying to get back to that with the moves that he's made him and him and john have made mm-hmm. um so i i do want to award a thesis um not 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 for this game but for the the philosophy and the thought that's put into it and the someone really you know molding the team after them and and being an incredible head coach um a 13 a lifetime achievement award if you will um, I would like to award a, a key to the city to uh-huh. Pete Carroll, um, who continues to win forever, even though mm-hmm. we lost really, really badly yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and I, with that, I want to note some of the bad things. I want to note the the penalties and I want to note the hmm. terrible timeouts that we've had over the years. And I want to note the, you know, and, and then, and, the, and this leads me into the next part of what I want to talk about is which, which is our ownership, you know, and Pete Carroll is the face of our franchise and we don't have an owner, you know, that this, the ownership structure is in a trust mm-hmm. and Jody Allen isn't allowed to sell the team until at least May of 2024. That's next year. That's after this season. Mm-hmm. So Pete Carroll has been leading this ship uh, since our owner died in 2018. He's mm-hmm. um, probably aware of, of what the deal is, probably has an unspoken or maybe a spoken deal um, for what that transition is going to look like after Jody Allen. Mm-hmm. And we we don't we we really don't know you know what what's going to happen or how long that's going to take but I think there's some larger things happening here as far as timing, um you know we we keep having this debate about Gino what is he is he a holdover just to kind of you know win now and save up for the future and get a couple of young draft picks and and then we can move on from Gino not that hard and the contract we signed him to last summer seems that way that maybe we could just you know move on from him or after a year or two without a problem. And there's a conversation about drafting a quarterback next year, especially if we have a, you know, a pick in the teens or twenties, mm-hmm. but that, that all those questions can't be answered until you know what the ownership's plan is. Mm. Are they trying to be good right now in order to hike up the sale of this team and jazz up this team in order to make a sale mm. um, next year? Mm. And I think that's, that's kind of looming over this season and I haven't heard anyone talking about it. So I just kind of wanted to, wanted to mention it and the trade they made for Williams uh trading away a fifth and a second pick next or maybe the fifth picks a couple years away but the second pick next year for a defensive lineman is a one it's a Pete Carroll move and two it tells us that they that, yeah they're, they're not just trying to win they're not they're not doing the holdover with Gino they're not trying to like win now and and win later they're kind of trying to win now. Like the window feels like it's a couple years here, this year and next year. Um, hmm. And it seems like Gino is the best they have. And so they're going to go, they're going to ride with Gino. Um, you know, it's, it's a gamble to try to draft a quarterback and try to try to build around a quarterback. And that's a, that's a five-year plan. It's not a next year plan. If you want next oh, year, yeah, man, they really like Drew Locke. <laughs> they they, they really, really like Drew Locke. Yeah, and then and, and that will definitely come into play when we talk about drafting a quarterback next year or not. I, I don't think they will because I think they have two quarterbacks that they believe yeah. they can at least, you know, yeah. compete for are, the division for yeah. are good good enough to do what they want to do over the next two years. And I don't think this ownership and I don't think Pete P. Carroll, the oldest coach in the league, is thinking about what's going to happen after two years from now. You know, the Portland Trailblazers are also, you know, owned owned by that same trust that Jody Allen's the chair of and um and the Sonics are likely to come back. So maybe we can transition there and say it's been 15 years, four months and four days since the Seattle supersonics were stolen from our city, Seattle, every podcast episode, I'm going to say this, bring back the Sonics. You're here, mayor. And I also want to say much love to the DC 12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. And I do want to say thank you to everyone that came out to the game yesterday. Wendy, Jeff, Pooja, Forrest, Bill, and Isaac, as well as uh, you, Richard. I really appreciate uh, yeah. that time. And I'll be at the next game. Um, I'll be at the San Francisco game on Thanksgiving Day in Seattle. 
with uh, several of those people as well. So re- re- really love our crew. And I think, you know, yeah. despite a terrible, terrible loss, realizing that we suck, uh, we still have each other. Yeah. And let me, uh, let me give another shout out to our good friend, Bill Finn, who is here, born here. And raised in Baltimore, but is one of the most passionate Seahawks fans you'll ever meet. <laughs> He's got Seahawks paraphernalia on his car. He he rocks, uh, uh, you know, jersey, sweatshirts, a chain, a <laughs> chain uh, link around around his neck. And uh, so and we, I, we appreciate Bill. And I'll add to that shout out and say I love Bill so much. He has a playlist that's public on Spotify. You can search for it. It's called Seattle Mix by Bill Finn. And mm-hmm. um, you'll find it. And it is incredible. I was that's all I listened to on on my uh, train ride home last night from Baltimore, which is uh, very fitting. Um, yeah, train ride. And, and a little little known fact: Bill has to a- answer this question, I guess, all the time in Baltimore. Why are you a Seahawks fan? And he's a Seahawks man because he was really into grunge, into the grunge uh, music scene, and that that's what led him into into Seattle sports. So he's also a huge uh, Mariners fan. So. So yeah, Bill, we right. we appreciate you, and it was great Love to you, hang Bill. out uh, in your city. And uh, thanks for your hospitality. And uh, again, thanks for thanks for hosting that tailgate. We appreciate it. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! <laughs>